Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Downs Your Way. And this episode is entitled Stand on My Feet, The Journey of a Song. In the previous episode, we talked about the idea of looking at how a song gets developed from the point when it's first invented, if you like, or, mm-hmm. or established right through to the final end product. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting by sitting with Rebecca. Hello. Who was the instigator of this particular number. So You've got me to blame. So can you tell us where and when you were when you came up with the very first idea? Um, Stand on my feet was, yeah, a strange one because, um, as some of you know, I vocal train as well, vocal coach, and a pupil didn't turn up. So um, armed with only a piano and not a guitar, as is my usual instrument of choice, and I can't really play the piano very well, to be honest. I'm pretty amateur. I just started sort of, for want of a better word, tatting about with it um, and came up with the um, the little arpeggio at the start. No, 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 Which came in two parts, I think, um, from what Steve said. I sort of came up with the first bit, sent it to him and went, oh, there's another bit uh, where it went down again. And then I sort of padded out the basic chords that I thought should kick it off. And then that went to Steve. And that was all in, like, you know, the process of like 10 minutes, I think. Um, and then within the sort of the next sort of half an hour, I'd sort of padded out how the verse should sound and how the chorus should fit in, but kind of nothing in between, really. It was just like the basic bones of what the song could be and sent that to Steve, and I do believe he has those still. Okay, so I'm now with Steve. Hello. Um, hello, Steve. Hello. And we're sitting in his studio and I really want to pick up from the point that the uh, recording that Rebecca had done arrived with you by email. Yep. So what exactly did you receive okay. and what did you do with it next? Yeah, so uh, I got um, the original idea, which was just called Piano Idea, which is a bit unusual for bits because normally you get the, the full lyric and everything with it. But no, I just got this Piano Idea. Um, which I presume she was messing around with in a, a little point in between doing some teaching because you can hear some police sirens in the background if you listen carefully. <laughs> so you know that sort of that shows you where she was where she was at. Yeah, but I'm going to try. I'll take you right from that, which arrived on the seventh of July, two thousand and fourteen. Yep, that long ago. Uh, it was actually a candidate to go on to the Believe album. But didn't go on, we'll talk about that in a bit. And this is what I received. Uh, And of course, this is then what eventually ended up as. From that. Okay, so that's the start and the end. So what I'm going to try and do is fill you in in between that point. Okay, next thing I received was a similar piano bit, but with a little bit of embellishment on it. So this now becomes the piano thing that you can hear in Stand On My Feet. This is the exact thing. 
just got a nice little flurry at the end of it. Okay, so I got that through. So she sent you that? She sent me this, yeah, yeah. So obviously still warbling around in uh, the, the school or... So that was without any feedback? Cottage. Sorry to cut no, Nothing from me, no. no she no. just added that extra little yeah, bit on okay. there. And then she added a chord to it. Okay, so you're beginning to get the, the sort of a feel for... Obviously that piano riff is the, the whole essence of the, of the song. Um, and then I got um, some vocal ideas come through from her, which was this. I think this was all in the same session from what I can gather. Etc. There's a little bit more to it than that, actually, but... Um, you can hear like the, the rudiments of the main melody coming through and also the rudiments of the, um, of the main lyric coming through. with Rebecca. So when did you write the lyric for this and how many iterations did it go through? I like the word iteration. I'm going to try and put that in a song because it's a big word. Okay. okay. Thank you. The rhyming challenge. Would be rhyming nice. challenge for iteration. Obliteration. No, okay. <laughs> um, the words, I think the main source of the first verse definitely and the chorus were on the first day so like the 7th of July I've had to look that up because there's no way in a million years I'd remember that's 2014 and over the next day but the main the first there is nothing out of me yeah what makes me happy makes me sad just dropped out of my mouth which it normally does it's kind of like jumping off a cliff you don't know what words are going to come out and with this song the words just came out that's how it worked and did it go through many stages of polishing? As it really, the, the lyrics, not really, wouldn't so it sort of bodied it all out. It was mainly the arrangement, um, and that was down to Steve. Right, so what happens then, the, the standard procedure then, is that if I send Bex an idea and she says, oh yeah, that's great, or she goes, yeah, not sure about that, and likewise, I get this through and I go, yeah, we can definitely do something with that. Um, or sometimes I get an idea come through and I go, mm, not sure, nah. um, but this one, yeah, sure. So what I did then um, is I thought, okay, I, 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 need to get, I need to get a groove for this. I need it to, to go. I'll, I'll uh, play you some of the things that I've thought, this is what's going to go with this particular thing. Um, first off, bass line, because the bass line is absolutely central as well to that, uh, to that sort of thing. So here's the bass line that I put on the, on the demo. This. 
which is pretty minimal. But think about that bass line, which is something that we've never done before, is that it's actually, it's actually a reggae, dub reggae style bass line. Uh, and it has a technical term, which is called uh, a one drop bass line, because you don't play on the first beat. Right? Mm. This, is what, this is what happens in reggae. It's a standard thing in reggae. So if I'm counting this, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It's not playing on the one. Mm. Two, three, four, one, two, three. Okay. So actually, it could have been a reggae track. Shall I tell you what it would have been like if it was a reggae track? <laughs> <laughs> as, as a reggae track, it would have come out. Get it? Yeah. You never know, at some point in the future, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with that. Um, I, I mean, just to comment from yeah, my, my point of view, I mean, what's curious about the way the song's been put together yeah. is that when I first heard it, and I didn't get to hear, I mean, we'll come to the sort of the final demo version, which mm. is what I got to hear. Mm. The two things that hooked me in within milliseconds were the piano and the bass. Yeah, and all I heard was about I don't know ten notes max, and I wow, this is this is something. Now I mean the lyric and everything that followed is obviously superb as well, but it's it's amazing how those are the two things yes. that to me personally hooked me into the song. Absolutely. So I tell you what I'll do uh, if I go through um, basically my the the demo that I'd got eventually out of this piano part obviously and in the original demo this piano part went all the way through that little triangle type thing as well a little bit of percussion and triangle little that goes all the way through as well drum beat which is somewhere around here not there This is actually, um, I programmed in the first drum beat, but this is actually Lloyd playing round here on an electric kit. But there you've got that, the essence of, it has a slightly reggae feel mm. to it, although it's not, not quite perceptible. It, it's probably uh, in, the, in the vein of something like Massive Attack do, where there's always like an undercurrent of some sort of reggae to it. Now the other thing that really um, I thought has, has got to go on here is that the guitar, because we thought this was like a sort of music noir thing. Mm. So we wanted the guitar to have that, um, to have that, I don't know how you describe it. It's got lots of effects on it. It's got tremolo. It's got delay. It's got, Lots of reverb on it, so it sounds sort of mysterious, almost like a sort of crime drama. Mm, yeah, that sort of noir type feel. So anyway, is, um, there, is there and is there like a pecking order of the way you layer these things in? Then I mean, we talked about the piano, we talked about the bass line. Yeah. What what sort of 
what order did the rest come, or is that or is that a jumble in your I mind? You just got to get down. I think actually the first thing I put down was the uh, the guitar part with that, because if you've got the piano part, and you've mm. got the guitar part, mm. then you've got like the the bulk of things going on, and you also know what chord, what's going on chord wise as well. Um, and then the bass guitar after that, and really the, uh, the the drum part of it sort of fell out from from there. And then everything else, to be honest, is uh, sort of embellishments and what have you. Um, but once Bex had sent me the, the vocal part of it, we then got together and we were putting these bits together. Um, and the first demo that we did sounded like this. Again, not much different really from the, the finished thing. Okay, so you, you, that's the very first demo that, that we did. Um, so just so I kind of get the order of service right as yeah. it were. You've got you've you've received the original thing. You, yep. you then two or three embellishments. Then mm. you've sat down and added in various layers, mm -hmm. and then the two of you get together yep. in the same room. Yep. And and you thrash it out. Uh, and uh, it, you know it's a question I shall probably return to uh, with, with with Beck as I flick between the two of you. But how? At what point did the lyric come together on this? Okay, scene? well, Be Bex had got most of the lyrics sorted out by the time we'd done that first demo. Okay. Um, but what what we had to do in between that is... The, the problem with that riff is that once you've got something that's going round and round, it's difficult to get out of it. Yes. What yeah. are you going to do? Um, it's a very minor riff, so it's it's sort of introspective and it's sort of slightly haunting. Um, so... Probably the first major move from that was to just drop in an, an A chord across. We got that, got that B minor to G thing going on. But then to drop in and at the start of the start of the track, it just does that a couple of times. It's like a little taster as to what's going to come, uh, and then you get the, the bridge part of it. And at this point, it hits the stand on my feet. So it's gone from, well, I'll tell you, the original lyric, which is sort of dark. Original lyric is, this is nothing now to me. Yeah, what made me happy makes me sad. So that's got to be dark. That's mm, got to be. Mm. But the stand on my feet is uplifting. So you've got to take it, this is a bit of sort of musicology to it, to a major key. Yeah. Big walloping yeah. open A chord major uplifting and that that then captured the other side of the tune. Um, and then really once you've got those three sections, you've got the verse section, you've got the bridge section, you've got the chorus section, the rest is then embellishment, putting thing on things on top of it. Just to make it as big as possible, where it needs to be big. And one of the things I do love about this track is that it starts off, the very first verse is just bass, 
guitar and drum. Nothing mm. else. Mm. Nothing else. And then it gradually builds up to be this monster. Um, and you've always got a decision to make during in, in a track like this. Is it going to be like a verse, and then you're going to go to the chorus, and then you're going to go back to the verse, and it's going to kick into that first chorus, or is it you're going to let it develop and develop and develop? And the woe-woes at the end of it, of course, just sort of make the full-on, yeah, here we go, here's the, here's the big finale to the, uh, to the whole thing. So at what point did, did you get to that, demo that I got to hear then I mean how long roughly did that gestation take <sighs> now that's a that's a very good question um it probably took that well mm, difficult because by the time we actually took this in to be recorded which would be about 2017 mm. yeah um I'd taken the original demo and I'd sort of tweaked it around and we'd also by then um, done Beck's main vocal yeah, here, yeah. which we also had um, as the final thing. I'd also redone my guitar, which we also had as the final thing from that demo. Um, so yeah, we we tweaked it around a bit. I said it was going to be on Believe, uh, or is it is considered for Believe? But it's decided really it was like a jump too far. Mm. You mm. know, the, this this one drop bass line, the the, the sort of the fact that it was a slow. Uh, builder um, so it took until the Sinner album for it to be like yeah okay this now this will now fit in with the rest and in fact it's probably a guideline to what the rest of the Sinner album um, became if you like well I, th I think from my point of view as the sort of uh, <coughs> uneducated neutral party who gets presented with these things um, for a comment, you know, from a sort of, I suppose, a listener point of view. I, I, yeah, I mean, it was clearly very, very different to anything you'd done before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the problem I have to bring to bear on this is that, you know, my musical tastes lie a, away from, um, or tend away from, <clears throat> you know, w the like the blues, if you like, the mm -hmm. core blues, where, and I know you've never really been core blues, but mm. like, like, like there, there were threads of that into your music yeah and i've always loved everything that you've done but but i i've you know my i kind of face away in the other direction in the direction of more sinner than back to mm. like core blue so when mm. i when i first heard the track it was so much closer to the core of my musical taste that yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. that's you know what I got excited about and yeah, I think yeah. as I said it's always something I have to bring to bear on it is to think well try and take a step back from my own personal sort of tastes and mm. feelings about it and think how does this sit in the in the greater scheme of things but that that's it, it just it was so different but but so exciting as a, as a result to me personally that I was very keen to see it become part of the next album yeah. irrespective of where that went I mean we've told the story effectively in other casts of, of, of how the the, the more Sinan and Saint developed with the input of people like Chris Kimsey and others mm. but um, yeah it was that that demo was I, I mean as I said before I was saying to Beck you've just got to you've got to get this out there you know it's such a fantastic track yeah I mean there are there are still some bluesy elements in this oh yeah I appreciate sure. in the guitar part going on in the guitar but there's a little bit at the end of it where I swear I've ripped off John Mayer as well which you... 
anybody tell me what John Mayer song that is? I've got, I'm, I'm sure I've ripped it off, but uh, keep that quiet. I haven't said that. <laughs> um, but the, I mean, the next thing, of course, is that you've then got the, the sort of mixing stage where the, the, the final feel of the piece uh, changed, not considerably, but it changed enough to make us go, yeah, this is exactly how we want. So what I'm going to do now, here's, I'm going to play you little bits of my original demo. And then I'll explain what happened to take it from this to the final, final yeah. Bill Drescher mix. Um, so here's, here's the original demo. So this is still me playing everything apart from the drums, which is Lloyd, and obviously Bex is singing and whatever. And to be honest, at this point, there's not a great deal of difference between this and the, the final thing. What I will do is, um, just stop that for a second. Um, what happened after that, once we got it all recorded, we then added things to it. Um, and because we were, we were recording over at Mark's place, over at uh, um, M2, we decided that the, the whole album needed to be a bit rockier. Mm. So what we did with the chorus, we put in a big, oh, this, is, this was my great idea, put in a, a, just a big power chord thing into mm. the chorus mm. so that when it kicked into the chorus, it, it got big. Um, but we also said to, to Sheena, who was um, doing the original mixes for this, so, you know, if you've got any ideas for this, throw them in. Mm. And she put some great ideas into this that I wouldn't have thought of. And it, it became a, a sort of further template for Bill to then do his final mix. Here's the first thing she did. So now the piano part, instead of just being a piano part, it's got that sort of reverse echo going on. Yeah. Which is genius, you know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it just gives it that more haunting feel. And the choruses, she did some great stuff. You hear that little pulse thing that's yeah. going on there? Great little idea. That's now the Bill Drescher mix, which is just more expansive, it's yeah. bigger. Yeah. Still got all of those little elements in there. There's that switch to the A chord that I was talking about. Not the full-on major yet, but... Also, you've got Lloyd, which is now putting loads of lovely rim work into this just to make it more rhythmic. And now we go on to Bill, he's got a hold of these drums and he's just made them huge. So this is the bridge and then kicking into the main chorus you've got this great big A chord. There. And all of a sudden this dark thing has become uplifting.
still the piano's there, doesn't go all the way through now, we're sort of bringing it in and out. So the whole of this has been a, a, a process, you know, taking it from the demo, getting Rick to play piano, getting Dan to play the bass on it. Dan brought in this hideous bass thing that, that actually suited the song perfectly. <laughs> it got this sort of, this thing called a rail, um, which was, was perfect for that sort of deep dub sound. I think Sheena actually added a, 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 a bass synth to it as well, which mm. really gives it some depth. Well, so, you yeah. know, with the, with the mixing, what all that's happened is that they've taken that original demo, recorded it properly and better with, um, you know, with the band, and then you're, you're just fine tweaking the EQ and the reverbs and all of that business to either make it as big or as, as small as you want it to be. Yeah, we explained in a previous cast about how uh, the American guys wanted a more expansive sound, and mm. that is... Um, kind of oversimplifies uh, really what Bill brought to it and then yeah. Chris did with the other tracks when he yeah. tried to sort of uh, echo that if you'll pardon the pun um, and uh, but yeah to the point it's interesting to see how, how this works and, and is this a typical way a song between the two of you develops? Depends on who where the original ideas come from um, as if it's if it's my original idea, then the first stages of receiving the idea are sort of skipped, and I'll just go straight to doing the, the a pretty full-on arrangement. It's very rare that I just put a, like down a guitar part and say to Bix, "You like that guitar part?" Mm. Generally, I'll, I'll sort of I won't be able to leave it alone, and I'll be, I'll be putting all sorts of bits and pieces on. Um, but yeah, in in terms of uh, an idea that Bex has started, and then I've then fleshed out and then recorded finally, and yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty standard, yeah. And uh, I think I think all of lyrically, that's Bex has written all of the lyrics to that. So, um, but um, as I say, there's there's a lot of um, development that's gone in. Well, I mean, you can hear from the original piano piece, some of which is Bex's ideas, some of which are mine, and some of which are uh, Sheena and Mark's as well. I, I hesitate to go go here with this. Uh, what, would you like to say a little bit about the challenges of reproducing that on stage? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is what we're we're presently going through. I think we've done we, we've played this a couple of times um, on uh, live, and what you have to do is you can't get all of those parts in. Um, number one, the keyboard player just hasn't got enough hands. There aren't enough guitars to get all the different guitar parts on there. Although, really, I suppose essentially there's only two guitar parts on there so some of the finer points like that little pulsy thing that we have mm. I mean we can get that on stage but probably you would you'd lose it live anyway mm. so um, what you're looking for you're looking for a big guitar sound particularly in the choruses you're looking for a way of getting that um, the, the, the keyboard riff the classic keyboard riff um, to, to play which obviously the, that that then restricts the um, the keyboard player that res that restricts Nigel who, and Aidan who's playing it at the moment. So we then have that on a loop mm. that um, that Lloyd and now our new drummer Neil um, triggers off a sample pad. Mm. Um, I mean, we could go down the full route of taking all of the demo and putting it on and then playing to a track, but we don't want to do that. No, we want to have little parts coming in and out that's controlled by us, so that if we want to go off on on one, then we can. <coughs> it's not just completely. Uh, yeah, the, inflexible. No, the obvious, 
the obvious going off piece is if the uh, it, it, it is if the sort of the choral bit at the end, you know, the the whoa 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 bit, you know, gets going and and an audience got into that. You, yeah, you probably want to, you know, go with that for a yeah. while, wouldn't you? If yeah, they, yeah, if, yeah. If, they, if if people were, were well, singing along and. And there's a few other gizmos. I mean, I, I'm, I've started using a harmonizer so I can get some of the harmonies on the mm. whoa, whoa, whoa bits mm. going on yeah. at the end. Um, but essentially, that's just me singing into a into a box. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is difficult to get that fullness of sound. Um, but you're then... Um, I, I'm, I've, I've heard it, uh, I can't remember, it's once or twice now. Certainly, you did it at the Georgian Theatre at Stockton because mm. I was filming you there while you were doing it and <clears throat> I mean it just sounds great you know even even with all the points you've made about the the, the various nuances that you can't capture I mean it is yeah. it's a, it is a brilliant and uplifting song and that comes across uh, even in a you know in inverted commas stripped down performance mm. that you're, you're constrained to do live well that that's brilliant thank you very much for that um what I'll almost certainly do is play out. You've all heard snippets of the whole thing on the way yeah, through, and yeah. there's nothing more frustrating than that. So we'll play out with the full track uh, to end to end the cast. Yeah, but yeah. just well, thanks very much, Steve. Thanks for that insight to well, to the know. process. And well, uh, it's a process that was obviously still going through now for the next album. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, you know, this, yeah. this is this is what we're doing all the time. Um, just to get material. Well, as I said through. before, you know, there's a number of songs in the. You know, we've got demo songs salted away of of because it's a process as well, which doesn't. It's not formulaic, isn't it? So yeah. you guys will set off down the track and you'll work away at the song. You'll take the song where the song wants to go, mm. and then you stand up and say, "Oh, actually, <laughs> that's a bit." X, Y, or Z. You know, there's a yeah. some soul numbers that you've produced. There's yeah. some sort of country esque numbers that you've yeah. produced, which probably, you know, in the fullness of time, may may see the light of the day in the final form. But they would have to be in a particularly sort of badged and branded sure. piece of output, wouldn't they? Yeah. What, what 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 this process does save it saves hours of time from the rest of the band, mm. because in in if you substitute the fact that I'm putting together this sort of fairly detailed, well, almost totally detailed demo, um, that would represent hours of rehearsal with a band. And instead, you can say, okay, is this working? Yeah, it's working. Is it not working? No, it's not working. We've saved you the trouble, lads. Mm. So, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, and it's uh, unless you, you're working together full time. Uh, or unless you've got the scary thing, like we've said before, of going into the studio and saying, well, I, I might have got a couple of chord progressions, or I haven't even got that, what we're going to do, we've got an album to, to put together. No. <laughs> that would... That would uh, you, you'd end up, well, as bands do, ripping each other's eyes out. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I take my hat off to people who can do it that way, and I yeah. appreciate that some people work better under pressure, uh, and everybody has their own way of working, mm. but I think what this has done, uh, and and particularly, you know, now it's become a refined process. As I said again in a previous cast, the one piece of feedback that we get consistently about more sinner than saint is that it is a very consistent album. You know, mm. that the, the tracks all people view of the tracks. You know, there's a pecking order which moves around a, a little bit, but yeah. by and large there's 12 belting tracks on there in most people's opinion so mm. that is an indicator as well i think of the of the 
product of this process, the way that all of that effort that goes in, all of that refining, all of that sifting does in the end produce good tracks for the album and hopefully yeah. we'll do that again next time. Yep. we come towards the end of this the million dollar question for Rebecca what is this song all about then hmm. can you remember <laughs> yeah I can I mean I've, I've, I've looked at the lyrics as well but it's it's kind of like it was a place in my life where you don't know how you got there and you don't want to be there and you're trying to find your way out and that's what the lyrics are you know um it's not exactly, I mean, I say this to a lot of people ask what lyrics are about, and it's never like 100% about any one thing. It can be, you know, what you're going through plus other things, and this is definitely that, but it was a feeling that created these lyrics, and the feeling was, I don't want to be here. How the hell did I get here, and how do I get out? And that was this song. So thank you to both Steve and Rebecca for taking us through that journey of the song from simple tinkle on a piano to the final Bill Drescher mix, which in my view is such a pivotal part of the more Sinner Than Saint album. And thank you to everyone for listening. This episode's merchandise discount code is FEET, in capitals F-E-E-T. If you apply this at the relevant place on the checkout process in the shop at www.rebeccadowns.com forward slash shop, you will receive a 5% discount. Just to say that if you head on over to eBay, you will find the Believe and RD logo t-shirts and the RD polo shirts on very special offer indeed. We will be back again in a couple of weeks' time with another offering, but in the meantime, there's only one way to end this episode, and that is with the track itself. Ladies and gentlemen, Stand On My Feet, written by Steve Burkett and Rebecca Downs. Enjoy. <laughs>